peace and light, y'all. You are listening to another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things regarding self-development and bettering your spirit, but from the homie perspective, somebody who's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey, y'all, it's your girl, Maria, The Spiritual Homegirl, and we are back with another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. Now, before we get started, you know I cannot do anything without giving you all a quick note of gratitude for listening to the show Out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are in podcast land, you choose to lend me your ears once a week for about an hour or so. And I really, really, really appreciate that. So this is basically another goddess wisdom episode that we have coming up, but it's from a different standpoint. Last episode, we interviewed Inga Willis, who was a goddess in her own right. And we talked about shape shifting and the power of community and true and pure sisterhood and why now is not the time for sisters to be polarizing as well as getting through adversity and um, other obstacles um, through different methods and looking at things in a different way, right? If you haven't heard that, by the way, definitely check that out. But this week's episode is with Delora Ying Yong, and she is the mind sex mentor. Yes, you heard it correctly, the mind sex mentor. And I got plugged into her by AJ Joyner. Shout out to AJ, by the way. He is freaking awesome. But Dolores, <laughs> anybody that's called the Mindsex Mentor is obviously going to pique your interest, right? So I said, you know what? I want to have a conversation with her. But she's in Canada. So I was trying to figure out ways where I can actually get her on the show and things like that. And lo and behold, the universe provided a way. And sure enough, she is this week's episode guest. I'm going to let her tell you who she is, and how the mindset mentor work. But I will say that she uses mindset and sex energy to basically create or awaken the passion and the fire in your life. And if you have a business, she uses that to help as well. So we're talking all things um, sexual energy, sexual power. This is not safe for work, y'all. This is not say for little ears unless you want them to hear about the power of sexual energy and how they can channel it to do something productive versus just um orgasming again i would hope that you know i mean you're gonna do what you're gonna do if you're a parent but hopefully if you want them to hear this that they're at an appropriate age i just don't want nobody being like my child was listening to this so i just want to make sure if y'all gonna let your little ones hear it or at least the teenage ones hear it just make sure that they can handle this type of subject matter because it is not for the weak and it is not for the amateur so, um, with that being said, again, this is a all things mind sex, sexual energy for productive purposes, as well as also falling in love with people that you really just meant to heal and not love. But you'll hear that later on in the episode. But it's a lot we cover, y'all. Enjoy. All right, peace, y'all. It's your girl Maria, the spiritual homegirl, and I'm speaking with Delora Guignon, aka the Mind Sex Mentor. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am great. I'm glad to catch up with you. I know AJ Joyner linked us a while back, and I realized we have common interests. And I said, my sex mentor, like, I need to know about, more about this. So for those who do not know, who is Delora Guignon? Well, I am a mother of four Canadian businesswoman, but I come from corporate. And when I was in corporate, I had reached the peak of where I could reach. I was frustrated. I was told all the time, you care too much, stop caring. And I just couldn't, I couldn't detach that side of me. And um, a few years ago, I ended up going back and getting my master's degree in organizational leadership while I was working. And when I did that, there was a coaching component. 
And as soon as I landed on that, I'm like, oh, I knew this was, I knew I had to be coaching. I just didn't know in what. And at the time I had a side business as a music manager. And when I was doing that, I realized that what I liked the best was motivating the musicians, like getting them ready for interviews, pepping them up, not getting discouraged because it is a hard job. And when I did that, um, I started to find online communities of coaches and realize that really that's what I should be doing. And I had been doing it all my life. I'd always been the person uh, moved up into management positions, but I was like the cheerleader. I was like, come on, we can figure this out. It's going to be fine, whatever. And then when I started my business officially, um, I was doing mindset and that was going great, but I was a little bit bored. You know, I was like, eh, but all of my clients wanted to talk to me about sex. And I realized there's a link between money and sex. And one day I was sitting after a conference, I was sitting with three uh, women and they watched me take a man through a conversation, an intimate conversation about why he was having erectile dysfunction and where it stemmed from. And um, he was a dentist and he wasn't very, his business was doing well, but he wasn't the boss and he wanted to be more of a boss in his business and more of a boss in the bedroom, if that makes sense. And so it all stemmed back to him having a really dominant mother. And when he realized those patterns, you know, it freed him up. Anyways, after the conversation, the women are like, oh my God, that's what you have to be doing. I'm like, that is what I do. And one of the women got a download and said, oh my God, it's mind sex, not mindset. So that's how that was born. Got it. So you were doing like mindset coaching and then you realized everybody was coming to you with some kind of sexual was it an issue or, or was it like a, like, was the root issue with their mindset, like sexual related? It, what it was is that there was, um, either they were really sexual and, um, it was distracting them from their work or they were shut down completely sexually and they weren't able to get traction at work. So it was like different ends of the spectrum, but causing the same result. And I kept seeing that there was the link between the two. And in, um, if you've heard of the book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, yeah. he has a whole chapter called The Law of Sexual Transmutation. Well, little did I know, that's what I ended up teaching and helping people with. And then I read the chapter, I'm like, oh, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> so, yeah. So at this point, they, they're like, hey, it's my sex, not my sex. Like, what was your reaction? Like, you're right. Like, I mean, how did, how did that go down to where you're like, yo, this is going to be, this is going to be my niche here. Yeah. This, as soon as they said it, I'm like, that is exactly what I do. That is everything. And, and I just realized it. Like, it's almost like when she said it, it was like, I was waiting for that confirmation from the universe to be like, this is what you're meant to do. Um, you know, it wasn't different than what I was doing. It's just that it had its own title and it made sense to me. And then the links between money and sex were, it was like everything fell into place after that. It was just, I mean, beautiful. I loved it. Money and sex. So let's say, cause I, you know, what's interesting is that people do like, you know, obviously in the work that we do, people get very comfortable and they tell you their stories and like, what would you tell somebody that is in a rut to the point where they don't want to have sex, though? You know, yeah. like, sometimes when people are in a rut, they just, they can't even imagine even awakening that part of themselves, or they get too yeah. focused, and they don't want to focus yeah. on that part of themselves. Should they just stay that way, or should they at least try to get some kind of release, or what? 
Yeah, they absolutely need to tap into that to really unleash their creativity because your sex energy is your charismatic energy and it's your creative energy. The three of the same, it comes from the same source. And so if you're blocked sexually, let's say, you're not being as creative as you can. You're not getting those great ideas. You're not being charismatic, which means that you can't draw people into you. And in business, you know, you have to have that. But a lot of times, especially for women, and I'll like I'll, some of what I say is generalization because there's men that have this too. But when women go into stress mode, it is a masculine energy and it shuts down our sex drive. We just are not interested in sex. We don't want to. What, what you want me to do? What right now? Right. I have to do this. Like forget it. I do not have time. And so what happens is we just, that's exactly it. We just can't even, what, I am not doing that right now. And, and that's the last thing that is our interest. But if we did, we actually relax and we enjoy, like, if it's good sex anyway, <laughs> we actually relax and it like loosens us up a little bit and it puts us back into our feminine energy. So what I would suggest for someone who's really blocked is just pick three things that make you feel really sexy. And it can be as simple as like, I get my nails done every three weeks and that started like 12 years ago. I had a bit of a down period. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I'm just, I don't know why I have the blues. I wasn't depressed, but I wasn't, you know, so I went out and got my nails done and I bought my first pair of high heel shoes. And I'll tell you, if I'm having a bad day, I put on my high heels and I just turn on some music and I just dance that, you know, it's as simple as that. And I just feel like reconnected, sexy again, just feel good. and put a little lipstick on, like there's so many things you can do and it doesn't have to be with anyone else. You don't even have to have sex. It's just to just stir that up a little bit again. Would you make a connection to like the sacral chakra? Or like, or like do, you, do you incorporate chakras in your work? Yeah, a lot of times clients, it depends where the client is, right? I, I study it from almost every aspect, quantum physics, science, uh, spirituality, from biology. Like I come from it from all angles. Um, and chakras are really important, but not all my clients understand the chakras. Um, a lot of times what happens is if you're trying to reach your sac sacral chakra and you can't, it's because you're not there. You're, you're stuck up here. You're stuck in your mind. You're stressed. Your shoulders are high. You're like on edge. You like almost in a fight mode. Like, come on, I can take on the world. That's not like, that's not soft and sexy. And a lot of times we don't have time to reach there, but what you'll find is the more you go into that space, the more time you have. Cause you're like, no, I'm not, I don't need to do the 25 things on my list today. I'm going to do 15 and the other 10 can be put to the side, for example. Okay. So you're saying in terms of awakening that sexual energy, it doesn't even have to come from masturbation or even sexual contact with some myos. It just comes from, comes from within. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it does. I mean, masturbation is fantastic, but for some people, for me to say to them, go masturbate daily, they'd be like, what? I, first of all, I don't have time for that. And like a lot of people have a lot of shame around it. They can't admit that it's something they want to do and it may not even be where they are. So just start with what makes you feel sexy. Bubble baths, rubbing, like shaving your legs and rubbing lotion on your body sometimes is enough. It's just to reconnect with that sexy side of you. And you know, I talk to a lot of women that have body image issues. Uh, even men that have body image issues. I am a curvy woman. I don't have the perfect body and I'm putting it all out there because I, I love what I'm in right now. This is my body right now. It doesn't mean I don't want to change it necessarily, but I have to do that. Like I have to reconnect to my body and say, you know, today I'm going to wear pretty panties. 
no one else needs to know I'm wearing them, but I'm wearing pretty panties and it makes me feel good. And it's just those little things, but you have to do them over and over. And then it just starts to wake up the, the flame inside. Okay, I see, that makes sense. Now, you said something really interesting about the shame around masturbation. Why do you think that is, and how can people work through that? Oh, it's huge. So just to take a step back even further from that, why money and sex are so related is because we have the most shame and guilt around sex and money when we're growing up. Just think about when you were a kid. Did anybody really talk about money? Nah, it was usually hush-hush. They didn't talk about budget. They didn't tell you about savings. A lot of times, most of us were raised, there's not enough, or we have to struggle, or you have to work really hard, you have to be really educated. There's all these stories attached to money. Well, think back also, the same thing happens with sex. We didn't talk about sex really, most of us. And if we did, there was a shame around, hush, hush, birds and bees, you know, just the mechanics of it. You know, it was all taboo. And, or you were meant to feel guilty about wanting sex, especially women but men too. And if you're raised with any kind of religion, there's a religious shroud around money and sex, like that's hugely shamed in, the, in religious communities. And not to dog on religion, I think it's you know important for some people to have it, not against that. But we have to start examining where these things, um, where, the, where the patterns come from. And because they were talked about in the same hushed way, usually treated with the same white gloves, don't talk about money, don't talk about sex, in our mind, it's linked up. So if we want to make, if we want to be a billionaire, you can say that, but when you really go to do the work, you're like, no, I can't, that can't be me. That's why you see a lot of celebrities that come from, you know, not great backgrounds or like less than wealthy backgrounds, they'll crash, right? They, they, cause they can't sustain that level. They don't know what it is. And so they sabotage it. Same thing for, um, like, if you think Tiger Woods, for example, you know, he went, he had sexual perversions or, or like a, a, a need for many sexual partners. Well, there was shame around that and he hasn't been the same in his career since. I see, I see what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, and so the same thing for masturbation, it is like, I mean, how many women are told that they should know their body and they should touch their body, they should feel good about masturbation? I, I have rarely met any. In Europe, it was a little more open than it is here but in schools we're not taught that at all we're not told about the parts we're told about the internal parts that make the baby that's it we're not told about everything else that goes with it yeah and even men like masturbation was do it in your room hide out don't talk about it you know they make jokes about it they're supposed to be the don wands but they're not taught about a woman's body they're not taught how their body will react differently than a woman's you know so it, it's all built up as this bad thing but I have news for you. It's one of the most natural things ever. <laughs> I see. Um, that's a very interesting point about Tiger Woods and the whole, and then also going into like self-sabotage. So what are some signs that people may not realize that they're self-sabotaging um, with that connection of money and sex? Well, anytime, if, you, if you're trying to break out of a, a money zone, like say, for example, you make uh, 2000 a month. And you start doing really well, career, business, whatever. I talk typically to business people, but just say you, you get a bonus at work or you get a raise or something happens that bumps you up and your money story is that you can't make that much money. Then what happens is you start doing things to, and it's sometimes it's just even energetic. You start to, to break away from making that much money. You don't perform as well. Maybe you suddenly get sick. 
there could be all kinds of things that happen. I had one client, um, she was doing really well. She was making $10,000 a month in her business. Things were singing along. And then she met a man, he was the love of her life. She was crazy about him. She changed nothing in her business, absolutely nothing. And then she started to go backwards in her business. And she's like, why, what did I, I didn't change anything. I'm doing all the same thing. She had this subconscious belief that women are not supposed to make more men than more than men. See where you're going. And then as soon as that happened, energetically, she started to shut off that, the charismatic energy that was bringing people into her that was feeding her business. And as soon as I identified that for her, she's like, holy cow, that's exactly what I've been doing. And he didn't want her to make less money. She didn't want to make less money, but that was a subconscious belief that she had programmed into her when she was raised. Wow. Wow. That's, you're right. Like, I mean, there are a lot of men or a lot of um, programs, I'll say, that make it seem as if women are not supposed to make more than their partners in order to make the man feel more secure. So I think that's really interesting that that subconscious belief, even though he wasn't even tripping or making less than her, that she still was like, it's almost like um, a punishment of some sorts. Yeah. You know? So I think that's really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And our, and our subconscious is very powerful. Like people don't even realize sometimes how it happens, but I had one client, she was a nutritionist and she wanted to do speaking engagements. And before we had started working together, she had like five or six lined up. She ended up having a flat tire, laryngitis, her PowerPoint didn't work. She lost the address, a whole bunch of things. And she's like, I just never make it. It's weird. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, when was the first time that you spoke up in public? And she's like, well, when I was 13 in math class, she was in a big classroom, a lot of people. And she was sitting beside the boy that she had a crush on. His mother happened to be the teacher and she didn't have a good relationship with her own mom. She answered the question in math class, got it wrong. The boy laughed, the mother ended up laughing. So here she has the teacher laughing at her. So it's an authority figure. She has a mother figure laughing at her and the boy that she had a crush on that laughed at her. Then the whole class laughed. So her subconscious stored this humiliation. If you speak up in public, you're going to be wrong. You're going to be humiliated. So what was happening is unbeknownst to her, it, you know, it's one thing to be nervous, but everything that was happening to sabotage these speaking engagements was because her subconscious did not want her to have that experience again, because it associated it with such pain and it wants to keep you safe and being the same is safe. Wow. That's, that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, so from on the flip side, what is your take on, depending on how we view it, some people may say it's promiscuity, some people may say it's sexual liberation. Is there a tie between that as well as money too? Yeah, for sure. So you really have to get to what is the truth for you. And a lot of times, you know, men are taught that you can have sex without feeling and women are taught that you can't have sex unless you feel. And so we're at odds really, in, and I'm gross generalizations again, but the truth of it is that may not be true at all. You may be somewhere in the middle or you may go through phases where it's okay to have sex without attachment. It's okay to have friends with benefits, you know, one night stands, casual sex, whatever, always be safe people. Um, but for some people, that's not what the truth is. And so it's really about exploring what is your real belief. And for a while there, you have to really explore it because um, you may be out of a relationship, for example, you're not ready to jump into another one, but you would like to kind of, you know, experience something sexually that you haven't tried before, let's say. You really have to be honest with yourself. Am I going to be able to, to do this, try this without 
you know, attaching feelings to it without being hurt if it ends after this experience. And if you can't, then the power is saying, you know what, I really want to try this, but I'm just not there yet. And then explore why is that? You know, what is, where does that come from? Where does your belief come from? How can you change it if you want to change it? Because some people don't need to, don't want to, that's fine. Um, and then there's other people, because sex energy, it's your most powerful physical energy. When you don't control it, it controls you. So that means it can either be dormant and you're like the most boring person in the world to talk to. Nobody wants like, her again? Come on. Right? Or um, you could be like in everybody's face. You know, you've been in meetings before. You've been in a group social setting and there's this woman or this guy that's so like in your face and kind of feels like snake oil salesman, but he's really charming or she's really charming. And then all of a sudden they'll say something completely inappropriate because they're, they're like sucking the energy or the, the attention towards themselves. That's someone that has really strong sex energy, but they don't own it. They're sabotaging themselves by like taking over the life of the party and sucking everybody in. But then afterwards you kind of feel dirty. You're like, I don't want to, I don't want to spend time with him. Right. And they feel guilty and shame after too. It's part of their pattern as well. But Okay, so going back to too much sexual energy or basically if you don't control it, you're, you're low-key being ran by it. So like how can people own their sexual energy and not do the snake oil salesman weird <laughs> approach, you know what I mean? Like how can, they, how can they take control of that and harness that? Well, you have to explore why is it that you're showing up the way you are. So if you're showing up and like being the life of the party, but at the end of the party, everyone's like, oh, he's just too much. Like, or she's like too in your face, too sexual, too. And it like, it's interchangeable. Men and women do this both the same. And we, we, we all know someone that's like this. Um, they're likable, but they're just ugh, like dirty. Like just, ooh, just stay away. It's too much uh, all at once. You have to explore why you're doing that. And the reason they're doing it is because they're hurt. They're lonely. Um, they have a fear of being alone. They need the attention. That what, that's what feeds them. They could have had a childhood where they were neglected or uh, in order to get attention, they had to do crazy things all the time. Um, it could also be like if someone is really quiet and um, shut down, like, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll see really powerful women get the label of being a bitch or uptight or, you know, whatever. It's because they um, have learned to shut off their sexual energy because they've been approached inappropriately. So when you own your energy, you, you have a natural boundary around you. Like I can turn mine on and off. I was in an airport once I practiced this. I saw, I saw a really good looking man in the coffee shop and I, you know, smiled really nice or whatever. He ended up coming to sit next to me. By the time he came and sat next to me, I was, I was off. I turned it off. I was just giving him a smile, being charming, whatever. And he realized that, you know, oh no, this is a no go. He got up and moved after that. And I was like, oh, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to make him cross over like across the floor like that and sit down beside me. But it was that easy to, I didn't say a word, never exchanged a word with this man, but my boundaries were clear because I own this energy. And so you can practice it, you know, like you, you be in social settings, pay attention to, you know, why were you the loud person and in someone's face? Like, what did that do for you? And then when you start exploring that, you can identify, oh, I was doing that to get attention. You don't, you don't need to get attention that way. Right. Okay. Well, also, I guess staying on the topic, I know sometimes, I think when women, I say us women, because I'm not above any, we're, I feel like we're all not above, you know, 
certain behaviors. We've either gone through it in our lives or, you know, have gone through it currently, whatever. But I know sometimes us women, we have a tendency when we're getting to know a man, we lead with sex because we know that sex is kind of, there's power in that. And when we know there's power in that, for some reason, you gain to know somebody, it instantly turns sexual. You know what I mean? And the next thing you realize, we're wondering why this man only wants us for sex when we low-key let out with sex. So it's like, how do you not do that when, you, when you're getting to know somebody? Yeah, that's a really great um, question. And, you know, I have a friend that's going through that right now, actually. Um, we do what we've been taught works. So it's not anybody's fault that we do this. And it's not even anyone's, like a guy's fault if that's what they're looking for right away. It's the easy road. They do what they know to do as well. However, just because it's easy doesn't mean that's the right thing. You have to really decide, do you want something more than just sex? And this is where a lot of people fall down. They cannot be honest with themselves. You know, you say, well, no, I don't really want a relationship right now. You know, I don't like, you know, I don't want someone always in my face or whatever. I just want sex. But then when you dig the surface, that's not true either. Because as soon as they have sex with the person, they all of a sudden, you know, change and they're like, oh, he's forever everything. And I want him to be my love. And why doesn't he want to see me more often? Whatever. You changed the game there, chick. You weren't, you weren't honest with yourself. So before you start any kind of communication with someone, decide what is it you're looking for. There's nothing wrong with being honest with the other person. They're going to try to test your limits if you're not strong in that energy. And you have to be willing to walk away at any point. When it, when it crosses a line, when you've set a boundary, you have to keep that boundary. I just put a post up the other day. Um, uh, I canceled a, a date five minutes into it. He was upset. He was 15 minutes late. I called him on it. He was not happy that I called him on it. He's like, it's only 15 minutes. I'm just a few minutes away. I said, you have five minutes and then I'm leaving. He showed up. He was upset that I didn't apologize. Then I was following him to where we were going to go to have a drink. And he went through a red light and I didn't know where we were going. So I asked him for the address and he's like, you're too demanding. I just don't, I don't, I don't vibe with you. And I said, okay, that's cool. No problem. You know, it's best if I go home now. I don't, you know, I don't want to pursue this anymore. And he goes, you're entitled. And then he got like really upset and he heaped a bunch of pain on and like women are this and every date's like that and I just want someone that's easy going and I said honey that's I, I wish you the very best I'm sure you're gonna find that woman you're just not gonna get it with me I know my worth and I'm not here to be disrespected in that way because I didn't mean disrespect I said I'm sure you didn't and that's cool but this I'm just telling you that's not how I get treated and this the same thing in my business my clients never show up late they I never even have to say, be on time for your calls. It's just not something that happens, right? Because I own that space for myself. But in the past, I probably still would have gone on the date and I would have been grumpy during the date and then made him feel bad all night for doing that to me when I could have just owned it from the beginning. And it's not even his fault that he did that. He, he's just not used to a woman saying, no, you be on time. And when he got upset and he was like hurling insults at me, it wasn't about me. It was because he'd been on dates before that didn't go well and he felt rejected. And so he pushed the pain forward. I get that. So I didn't take it personally. I didn't make, need him to feel bad about what he did either. I wished him well and moved on. But it takes, like, it took me a number of years to get here. Like, I haven't always reacted like this, right? But it's all in knowing exactly what I want. What am I going to tolerate? And when I don't get that, I, I, I'm happy to say, and not everybody likes it. That's the thing. I mean, just uh, think about how many times have you gone to a restaurant, ordered something, it wasn't what you wanted, and you ate it anyway. 
Because you didn't want to speak up about it. Right. You didn't want to make someone feel bad. You didn't, you know, oh, well, it's not a big deal. That burns, right? It is a big deal. That's, how, that's your food. That's what you're putting in your body. That's not what you ask for. The waiter could be having a bad night. Maybe the kitchen's having a bad night. You don't have to make them feel bad about it, but you're allowed to. And that's just like a small example of how you can think about, am I really valuing what I'm worth? Am I really asking for what I'm looking for? And, you know, I see this all the time uh, on Tinder when people find out I'm on Tinder and when people find out what I do, they're like, oh, are you looking for clients? And I'm like, no, but I can tell you that there are a lot of people here that could use my help. <laughs> I'm genuinely looking to date. But yes, you know, that that happens. And um, they'll say to me, well, you know, our, your profile is funny. Is that really what you're looking for? And I said, yeah, that's why I say it. I know what I'm looking for. And that's what I stated here. And I'm, I'm not looking for hookups. Currently, I'm looking for a relationship and I'm very clear and they'll still test their limits. I'm like, honey, just so you know, like, I know that this might've worked for you in the past, but if you're looking for something of quality, you're going to see that this is not, your approach is not how to go about it. And they're always like, oh, thank you for being so cool about that. I'll take note of that and move forward. We're all just doing the best we can with what we have. You know, I always wondered, um, actually, I have somebody I know that's currently going through that now. Um, a friend of mine, I guess, was trying to get to know a person and they realized that it wasn't working. So they told this person that and this person hurled insults and, mm -hmm. and attacked their character and is doing so publicly. And it's just like, you can tell us an indicator of a bigger underlying problem. And it's almost like, it makes you kind of wonder like what, like, like, you know how you realize it's not the situation, but that might've been the straw that brought the camels back. So yeah, he has the camel's back broken, but everything else is broken too. Like it's it's like that. So I think that's really interesting when you said it really wasn't me. It was just the other dates. Um, so that's really interesting. And what else? Oh yeah. So with you, I mean, what you do is healing, right? So I feel like a lot of us women go through because we I I do believe all women are natural healers, and once they find their niche and what in their strong points, like you had it's on and popping. Like, you know, like it's, this is yeah. me, I heal, hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you deal with the men? Cause you know, we deal with this as healing women. Men will come to us and they might think they want a healer for a, a girlfriend or for a relationship. When it actually yeah. is, they just may need us to yeah. heal them. So it's like, what do you do when you come across a man who thinks he wants that, but really may need some assistance? Yeah, that's a really great question. And that's something that you have to really get quick at identifying right away. You know, the, often the first response for me is, oh, well, maybe you can help me. I certainly can, but I can't date you if I help you. And, you know, that is a true statement, but also know that when you're in a relationship, so two things. First of all, if you're in a relationship with someone, Gary Zukoff um, talks about this, you have to expect that in a committed relationship with another person, you will change. That's why they're in your life. They might accept you as you are, but expect that you're going to change because that's why they came to you. That's why they're in your life and the other person is going to change. You have to be able to let go of the old to get to the new. That aside, when you are with someone and, you know, they are looking for the healing, they're, you're, especially as a healer, you have to be careful. You're going to be able to see their best. You're going to see them and especially everybody at the beginning, you're, you're setting your best uh, foot forward and, you know, best of in, intentions and whatever. 
but because you see their best, especially as someone who has the gift to see someone in their highest self and whatever, um, they may not be there at all times, or you may be the person to, you know, cast light on that best self so that when you see them, they're showing you their best, but then you'll see little things in between that just don't quite add up. And you have to pay attention to that because you have to first be true to yourself and protect yourself. Because if you are going to just put up and shut up, you're, you're going to end up getting hurt. If the person is not where they need to be to uh, honor a relationship with you or honor who you are and vice versa. The other thing is that if they are truly looking for a healer, then you need to take a step back and be honest with yourself. They're not looking for you as a relationship. They can't sustain that level of relationship with you because of what they need uh, help with and you know you're there either as a healer or in a relationship you cannot do both in any situation not that two people can't help each other in a relationship yes but you cannot coach someone you're dating you just like I can't coach you know my, some of my best friends have wanted me to coach them and I'm like okay but you're not going to want to be my friend the whole time we coach just so you know because I I have to do my job here and I truly believe that God works through me for this um I'm intuitive. I'm an empath. Like, you know, some of the time, some of the work that I do, sometimes I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> you know, but, um, I have to be true to that first. And, you know, when people are attracted to you, there's, there's a reason. And it's not always sexual. It's not always for the relationships. So you have to recognize where, where is that? And why are you attracted to them? Because sometimes it's that you're looking for a healing or you're looking for agitation. That's going to stir something up that you have to fix inside yourself. You don't know that consciously necessarily and sometimes you're looking for to feel to validate where your where your powers are and you have to be careful of that because if you're looking for that kind of thing that's a that's a very um uh destructive way to get that need satisfied i see it's almost like a i don't want to say a mirror effect but it kind of like gives me that it's almost like what are you looking for that this person represents and vice versa Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's called a conscious relationship. Um, and the more like my work all boils down to identifying that little voice with that little voice is saying in your head all day long. Like it does not shut up <laughs> and your subconscious mind, like, thank God it's there. It's the one that keeps your heart beating when you sleep 87. Yes. I think it's 87,000 heartbeats a day. I don't remember what the number is, how many breaths you take. You don't have to think about that because the subconscious is running it in the background. Right. But you know, when you drive somewhere, have you ever driven somewhere on autopilot and all of a sudden you're like, Hey, how did I get to the grocery store? I don't even remember driving here. You did, but you just got caught up. Your subconscious mind just took over and got you to the grocery store. Unless there was like someone cut you off or a sudden red light or something like that. You just did it subconsciously. Well, so much of our lives is done that way. And so that little voice, you know, you get this great idea and then all of a sudden you talk yourself out of it. You want to approach a guy and then you talk yourself out of it. That's your subconscious mind running the show. And so you have to pay attention to it so that you can be more conscious in your choices, in who you interact with, who you give energy to, who you give healing to, because there might be some people that they may want you to heal them, but that's not who you should interact with. Right. Okay. That, you broke that all the way down, so thank you for that. And I know there's a lot of people that I've had conversations with that can relate to that. Honestly, I can relate to that. Like, I actually um, had to learn the hard way. Like, I actually found someone and I already like there was already an attraction there and this person opened up about their life 
and I could tell this person needed help and it seemed like it was aligned for us to link in that way and for that happen for for them to tell me that the way it did so that I could help. And then I realized over time, this person has a lot of things they have to fix about themselves. And I think I got I got a really stark reminder and I and I think it was basically in the form of, of someone else. And I was like, oh, now granted, we were taking things slow. And I mentioned this for y'all that are listening. I mentioned this on Beach Wisdom. Uh, it was basically he ended up getting the girl he was dating pregnant. Now, granted, we weren't dating. We were just, there was still like an attraction there, but we decided to just move forward and do our own things. He got that girl pregnant, and that's when I, and they're still together to this day. And I realized my purpose was not to be his partner in that aspect. My aspect or my point yeah. in his, I still believe this, I'm always believe this, was to basically shed the light on him needing to be a better person. And if he would accept, he would end up doing his own work. And he did. So I'm really proud of him. And it was a mutual exchange, obviously, because I believe things are mutually exchanged sometimes. And I think um, our exchange was just for me to learn how to trust more and understand that you can still transmute a relationship into something different and it can still be beneficial for both parties involved. So that taught me a really, really, really good lesson. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, good for you for recognizing that because if not, you could have like stored that away as, oh, I always pick the wrong guy or, you know, whatever. You could have taken the wrong message from it, but you took what you needed to take from it so that you could move forward and send him away with light and love, which is always beautiful when you can do that, right? Right. It's like, I'm so happy. It's like, I'm so happy for them. Even like him and his, and his girls, his family, like I'm really proud yeah. of him and I'm happy yeah. for them. So it's That's like, awesome. there's no little loss here. Like, you know, it's all us. But yeah. uh, one thing I want to mention was this whole energy exchange when it comes to sex. And um, I always see cool drawings that kind of reflect. I saw one drawing, I don't know if you've seen it before, where it's literally a chain of bodies all connected oh. in relation to this one person who has sex with another person. It's like this whole chain of bodies and their partners and their partners and their partners. So there are some people who may feel like even though they're not having sex right now, the energy of their partner is all over them. Like, what would you say to them in order to get that energy off? Or past partners, just to clean clean this? Yeah, absolutely. That's a really great question. And it's something that you have to be aware of. Um, you know, when I, when I used to, before I realized that I was an empath or even what it meant to be one, I would realize that my moods changed depending on the room I was in and who I was with. If someone was, you know, let's just say the corporate setting, if I went into a meeting and everybody was grouchy, I came out grouchy. It's hard for me to be naturally grouchy. Uh, and I was like, what, you know, what? Then I started paying attention. So the same thing with, you know, I was married for a long time and uh, we had a great relationship for most of our marriage. And then when we were interacting, if he was having a bad day, I was having a bad day. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, why, you know, what, what is that about? And then I just started to just be like honest and true to myself. And I'm like a positive, let's go find solutions and whatever. And it, it caused friction between the two of us. And even after, uh, when I, we're, we're divorced now, but when we were afterwards, I was just like, oh, like, why am I taking on, like I would shape shift, right? I would be the chameleon. I would be whatever they needed me to be. Now that makes me a really great coach because I can make everybody comfortable with where they are. But when you're in a sexual relationship, if you're not setting the boundaries, if you're not like careful about absorbing that energy, you do take that on. And you and they they've proven scientifically that right, their sexual partners will there is an exchange of energy when you when you have sex with someone. 
So you have to like be really aware of what is it that you're putting into this? Is this really just a sexual exchange, a pleasure exchange, let's say, then you really have to put yourself in that mindset when you're in it, remind yourself when you're, you know, enjoying the, the, the situation, the, the 20 minutes to five hours that you're together, whatever it is. <laughs> five hours, woo. Uh, I ain't got time for that, but some people. <laughs> Or if you, uh, or afterwards, like, and then just know, like, when you're parting ways, that you send them off with light and love again, and just, you know, honor your body for what you've just experienced, try to take in the pleasure for as much as you can. Um, just sex, there's nothing wrong with just sex, I'll say that first of all, but the true transformation and the true sexual transmutation that was talked about in Think and Grow Rich, how you can take your sexual energy and make it your superpower is when you are able to take it past just sex into pleasure, into a deeper connection with someone uh, in an exchange of pleasure. And that typically can't happen on one-offs. You typically do have to have more of an emotional connection to get to that level, but there's nothing wrong with just the physical. You just have to be able to identify what it is you're, you're experiencing in that moment and then afterwards, honor what it was and don't pretend it's something other than it was. Don't feel bad about it. Don't feel guilty. Shut up that shame that you might have, you know, especially, if, for example, you thought it was going to be more and it ends up being a one night stand and then you feel guilty because you just had one night stand that you thought was going to be more because you said the right things and you fell for it. Don't beat yourself up. You did that. Look for the signs in hindsight. Respect the red, red flags for the future and honor that you had a great exchange if you did and move forward from there take the lessons just kind of like what you did in that situation you took the lesson and you moved forward didn't beat yourself up for it right so that was a really good answer because i i mean i know there's so many i know when we're on the journey of self like discovery and then self-betterment to hopefully you know empower ourselves in the world around this I know that when you go through the realizations and the, and the things that you've done in your life, the mistakes you've made, the partners you shouldn't have had, the exes you gave too much energy to, the people in your life currently you give too much energy to, this person you thought you liked two weeks ago, they don't call you like they call, you know, like you start thinking all the stuff that you thought, you know, it comes back, it becomes overwhelming to the point where people do feel dirty and shamed yes. and, and because they feel like they deserve it almost. Right. Because, you know, right. Right, okay, well, since you did all this and you deserve the punishment, you deserve to feel right. a whore or you deserve to feel like you should have a disease. Like I know somebody, um, re not, well, not too recently, but they were basically telling me that they should have a whole bunch of STDs based on how they were operating. And I just thought that was kind of interesting. I'm like, you feel like, I mean, I granted, right. I, I get what they were trying to say, but it just goes back yeah. to the conditioning of since you do this, you deserve something bad for being irresponsible yeah. so i just feel like there's so yeah. many ways you can reframe our thinking without feeling like we have to have immediate retribution on ourselves instead of just saying hey here's the lesson i'm grateful it didn't happen this way and i'm gonna move a little differently so i'm really glad yeah. you brought that up shut yeah. up yeah everything 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 every person in your life every opportunity or every situation every experience is a lesson or an opportunity and it's up to you to go find out what it is and you know i, I spoke with someone briefly he he left a message for me crying and hysterically upset. Um, he was addicted to porn and sexting. 
he was happily married. His wife knew that he had this addiction and he was like, what do I do? Like, I, I can't live like this anymore. I know it's wrong. I know I don't want to do this. And when we, when we dug under the surface, it was that he had a really happy relationship. He had this beautiful little girl that he just adored and he had a business that was now doing more really quite well. Well, when he was a kid, when his father started doing well in his business, him and his father, him and the father and the mother, his mother and father started fighting. So his pattern was, if you make too much money, you have to have a bad relationship to go together. And that's what it formed in his relationship. So what he was doing is he was sabotaging himself with sexting and, um, uh, you know, being addicted to porn. And when it first started, it was shame and he felt bad and he would race everything and then he'd set up the accounts again and do it again. And then he got a little bit more when, when he didn't immediately get shut down, he then started to use his real name online and started to take more risks that way. And what it was, was he was setting himself up so that when he really did, like if people really did get to know who he was, cause he was in business, then someone would say, Oh yeah, I met you slime ball. You married son of a bitch. I met you the other day on whatever site. Right. Yeah. So he was like slowly setting up this slow trap for himself so that if he really was, you know, famous let's say his real face his real name could be associated to sexting and it would collapse his business his marriage would fall apart whatever that's not what he wanted but that's what he was doing subconsciously because same thing he felt guilty and shame about having a great relationship and um a business and making lots of money and um after we talked he was able to break that pattern for himself and recognize where he was sabotaging because not only was that happening he wasn't working in his business when he was spending all this time doing this other stuff right so it was this clever little trick that the subconscious mind played and that's the same thing as as the person we were speaking to they have this voice in their head that says you're dirty you're bad you're going to get an std he probably actually heard those words if you have sex you will have an std and so he's having or she's having uh out of marriage sex probably or even if they're in a marriage and having multiple partners and so that's what the belief was that they gave the truth is if you're careful that doesn't have to happen that isn't that doesn't have to be your truth right but if that's what you're you were taught that's what you're going to believe right right i was told by my auntie <laughs> she was like if you have sex you'll bleed out your ears and i was like bleed out of my ears i was like what so like honestly the first like Good year. I was asking my friends, like, hey, y'all bleeding out? This is like high school. Are y'all bleeding out your ears? Yeah. And then right. y'all have to your ears? Okay, cool. So she lied to me. Cool. I get it. So I can understand how somebody might be told, hey, mm -hmm. don't have sex because I don't want to raise a premature grandchild or whatever. Don't, don't do that. But if you do, you're going to get an STD. So I, I see, yeah. I see that actually just helped me understand that person a lot better. So yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah. It's you help people that get in their own way and either they realize it or not, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Out of their own way. Exactly. If you're not making the money you want to make in, in your business or your life, if you don't have the sex life you want and you're not really turned on by your life, that's what I help people figure out why. There's a pattern, I guarantee you. There's a connection. There's, there's something that you're doing that is, is preventing you from the life you really want. Sometimes people can't even admit what that is. Like someone, you know, I had one woman, she's like, I don't want to be in a relationship, but I want to have really great sex with someone in a friends with benefits kind of situation. And I want to make 50,000 a month. I don't believe I can have either of those things. And I'm like, well, why not? And it was, all, you know, this whole belief, if you're not married, and if you do get married, you can't have your own business successfully. 
there was all of this chat going on in her voice, in her head. And then we untangled that and she was able to release and be able to do it. In fact, she had, a, I think she was, I think it had been 10 years since she had had an orgasm, solo or with someone else. And I was like, whoa, let's wow. fix that. Yeah, it's huge, huge. I, you know, and I work with men who have erectile dysfunction and even the little blue pill doesn't work for them. And it's all the chit chat in their head. It has nothing to do with the function of the penis. <laughs> So, um, you know, I think that's interesting when you brought up the, your, your client just now about, I mean, I feel, I do think that we are taught that we, we shouldn't have it all. I think we're taught that some, you know, I think some of us may internalize the wrong message from some of the things we're taught. I think like, you know, work hard, have a strong work ethic. You might struggle. I think we somehow internalize that into, you know, that since you need to struggle, since you need to suffer, since you need to go through yeah. like fire, that means you can't yeah. have fifty thousand. Fifty thousand dollars a month is a lot. I think that's a lot. Going big with our stuff, yeah. safe for some reason. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not really sure how people can really get out of that. Yeah, that's well. First of all, recognizing it is a really great thing. Like I, I'm so glad you mentioned that. My pattern was I had to work hard. I had to work really hard to make money. And I always did. I, and I was always promoted quickly and I rose to the top and I didn't have my degree, but I still rose to the top of where I could be without it, you know, despite what I should have had happen. And then when I started my own business, everything was, it was so easy. I was getting clients like nothing. It was one after another. And then all of a sudden it stopped happening that easy because I had hit the limit of what I was allowed to make subconsciously without it being, you know, without people paying attention, people were starting to notice that it was that easy and easy was not hard work. So I started to do things. I started to overthink. I started to put up messages that didn't resonate. I tried to, you know, I analyzed everything I wrote then, whereas before it would just be on the fly. Like I could make up something right now and just put it out there. Um, I would over prepare for things. I would, you know, all this stuff because I was no longer working hard. And that was how I made money in my, you know, mix up in my DNA. That's what was programmed in. That's not the truth. Some people, you do have to work. I do work. I work a lot, but it doesn't have to be hard. My work is actually easy. It is who I am, but I had to unprogram or I had to recognize that I was where I was pushing, where I wasn't letting things happen naturally. I wasn't asking for help because that's the other thing. You, you don't ask for help. You'd figure it out yourself. How many, how many of us are taught just, you know, you don't need help. Yeah, yeah, you can just figure it out. Whereas there's people like, like for example, AJ is brilliant at what he does. Like, would I be silly or not to like say, AJ, I need to hire you to help me with what you do instead of trying to figure out my own strategy. He's like brilliant at that stuff, right? Um, but if I was the old me, I wouldn't have asked for his help. I wouldn't have hired him. I wouldn't have, you know, reached out at all because that's just not, no, 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 you can figure this out. I was the Jill of all trades, right? Jack of all trades, Jill of all trades. I would figure it out and do it all myself. So you have to, so how you get out of it is you, you recognize, I always, this is what I get clients to do at the beginning is write down what you remember being told about money when you were a kid. And you'll be able to identify what that story is. Mine was working hard and that I wasn't good with money. My sister was good with money. I was not, I didn't save it. I spent it right away. Um, and so that those were my money stories. So just write down your earliest memories of what you heard about money and what you heard about sex. I also, the next step I would tell um, your listeners is I'm doing this right now in my Facebook group is if you tell me your favorite sexual experience, I can tell you how you can turn it into more sales in your business. And yeah, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. 
And the reason is because, yeah, right? So, so feel free after if you want, send me your, your favorite sexual experience. We, we gonna talk after this. Yeah. <laughs> we will talk. All right, go ahead. I love it. Yeah, I love it. And anyone that's, that's listening to this, find me wherever you need to find me and you can send me your favorite sexual experience and I'll tell you how you can turn it into sales. And the reason is because I'm able to hear what they're saying and I they're doing it anonymously. So I don't even know who they are. It'd be different if I had a connection with them, but I don't. Um, I hear what their favorite sexual experiences and why. And it tells me a lot about how vulnerable you can be, where you opened up, what did you like? Like some of it is like, I was able to be, um, I was aggressive. I was, um, you know, felt very in control and it was, I was giving a lot of pleasure in their business that's not how they felt so i was like well if you're using how can you be more aggressive in your message like where are you toning down your message and you shouldn't um and you know when another person was you know connection it was very uh soulful and uh fill it, it fulfilled my desires well where are you not fulfilling your desire in your business what are you not saying that you're supposed to say where are you you know not being soft about your message where do you think you have to be aggressive some people that is who they are they need to show up like really powerful and in your face and that message comes across and then other people who try to do that you're like you are just a bitch like go away i don't want to hear from you right because that's not really who you are so it's and some people uh one it was that she felt a lot of guilt and shame because she her favorite sexual experience was with her ex and she was with someone new right now and she was like i'm like where do you feel guilty about um your business right now like where are you carrying that shame and guilt for and she was like the, the feedback i'm getting is is awesome because they're after i peg it they'll say oh my god all right i'm gonna admit this is me <laughs> and this is what i got from that so you know it's great it's fun well like i said we shall talk when i uh turn this recording off and we can get some you know get some clarity but for those who have businesses, like, is this something that they can relate to maybe career advancement or just something else that may not be necessarily like business related? Yeah, for sure. Because a lot of this, and, and uh, you can join my free Facebook group, Mindsex uh, Mastery, Mindsex Mastery dot, um, on Facebook or find me on MindsexMentor.com. But just reach out to me however you want. And the thing is, is that if you're in a boardroom or you're in a business, if you're not showing up the way you truly want to show up, people are missing out on your gift. If you're about to give a presentation and you can't speak, or you put in a bunch of stuff that's not you because you think that's what people wanna hear, you're missing out on giving them your true self and what you're there to do. You know, some people are really good on the fly, but then you give them, put them in front of a presentation and they, they turn into monotone, they read, it's boring. Right. Um, so, you know, you really have to, you have to be, figure out what is true for you and then use your skills to the max so that you can get that career advancement you want or the job you want or you know whatever it turns out to be okay um also one more question of course how do you feel about sex magic and using sexual energy to manifest i mean uh, i talked about it a little bit but not like straightforward yes yes it's the best thing in the world <laughs> so um this it really is magic it really is probably the funnest way to do it um if you can get rid of the shame and guilt because it does involve some masturbation some some play with yourself or with your partner i always tell my clients try this on your own first if you're comfortable masturbating because as soon as you include someone else their energy gets brought into the equation and unless they're really open it's not going to necessarily work so 
What I suggest is um, for women especially, it works both ways, but for women, you know, set it up a little bit. Like, so, you know, start to feel your body, put some lotion on, take a bath, whatever you want to do. Feel good, put on some lingerie even for yourself, whatever it is. When you masturbate, like before you masturbate, say a prayer or, or affirmation or start to visualize what you want, whatever is your way of doing things. When you're touching yourself, just keep imagining it, put the, the images in your mind, place the music that makes you feel like that, that space, whatever it is. Um, and then when you release, when you orgasm, this is especially for women, stay in that moment as long as you can. Let it linger, let it wash off wash all over you and just it's almost like you go into a meditative state so you just relax and let that be for a minute and just pay attention to any thoughts that come up because any idea it could be the craziest thing in the world if that thought comes into your mind in that space you've just connected to your highest source like this is like you opened up your third eye and it's like coming right down through to you you've just connected to god universe spirit power whatever you want to say and that idea it may not seem like it makes sense. Like it could be something like go buy a pair of shoes or it could be like go down and make a stir fry. Like it, it might sound like the stupidest thing in the world. Go do it because you don't know what it's connected to next. The universe is saying this is your next step and it's going gonna, it's gonna to lead to your whatever you want to manifest, right? Yeah. For men, what I suggest is instead of the release right away, try edging. It works for women too if you edge, but men, it just helps build up. So edging means that you bring yourself to the brink of orgasm, but you don't let the ejaculate happen. And you do that a few times because that heightens their um, state. Um, for men, it's a little bit harder to um, slip into this area because they're more sensory focused. They're more like, you know, right let's get off kind of thing not their fault that's just the way they were raised so if they do a little bit of edging and then release or even if they just edge and don't release because there's a way to practice orgasm without ejaculation that's actually the most powerful for men but it's hard to get to that um and then do the same thing go into that meditative state and just appreciate where they are and then once you master that alone then bring your partner into it it's so much fun so i'm glad you that's the, that's probably the simplest breakdown that i've heard when it comes to sex magic, I personally can attest to it. It does work. So, yes. so, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm glad that for those who are curious, I know a lot of y'all that hit me up, y'all are curious about it. I post little stuff here and there that might, you know, talk about it. And I know that it gets a lot of response. So I'm really glad that, that we're actually talking about all of this. And then you're also mentioning sex magic as well. Now, is yeah. there anything else that you want the world to know about the mindset mentor that you are? Yeah. Well, then to know that um, one thing is I don't have judgment. So, you know, people open up to me within minutes um, with their deepest secrets. You know, uh, I have people telling me things they've never told anyone before. Uh, and that happens so easily. But that's because this is my gift. This is my purpose. I'm here to do this. And, you know, you don't have to carry the shame and guilt. I know it was given to you, it was passed down, sometimes it's generational. The truth is you are worth it just because you're here. You know, one, I think it's one in eight trillion chance that you were going to be born. You were born for a reason. And so whatever happened to you in the past does not define who you are today. It may, it may actually be the building blocks to make you the super person that you are. And you just need to be able to see those things in a lesson or an opportunity type of way instead of like beating yourself up for it. And I promise, like I've been through so much stuff and I've heard so many stories. 
whatever you're going through, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So just, you know, appreciate where you are, where, what you do, who, you know, your body, your mind, the way your mind works. Even if you think about sex all day long, appreciate that for a minute. Like sex is beautiful. Um, if you don't ever think about sex and you want to just, you know, be appreciative that, that that's a thought that you have that, you know, it's okay. It doesn't matter where you are. It's, I promise you, you're in the right space. You couldn't change one second and be who you are, where you are right now. And there's a reason for that. So, you know, if you can just take that away from this, that would be awesome. I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to learn a lot from this. I think this is going to be, it's, you know, like when you have, like, when you ever see clients, you're like, you have one of those clients where you just know, I feel like it's one of these episodes where I'm like, all right, I know, I know I'm going to get some, a lot of feedback on this. Some more than others. I know this is going to be the one. So for those that want to reach you, how can they get in touch with you one more time? I'm on everything as Mindsex Mentor. So Instagram, Facebook, you can find me that way. Um, I have a group, Mindsex Mentor, um, on Facebook that is uh, free or Mindsex, no, Mindsex Mastery on Facebook, sorry, MindsexMentor.com on, uh, you can catch my blog and uh, different things that I post there. I will be opening a membership group soon. Um, it's going to be a, you know, a low dollar way to get my expertise without having to pay one-on-one -on -one coaching. And, you know, I'm excited for that to launch because I'm going to do some sexy things. But, you know, if you, like I said, my group right now, it's, uh, you know, tell me your favorite sexual story and your sexual experience and I'll turn it into sales. So, you know, I do fun things like those all the time. And uh, yeah, so Delora Guignol, Mindsex Mentor, that's how you find me everywhere. And Delora, come on. Nobody else has that name except Abandoned London, I will tell you, which made me a little bit upset. I was like, what? How dare you two beautiful women use my name as your band? <laughs> <laughs> well, my name is Maria. Everybody got my name, so, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah, but, but spiritual homegirl, not everybody's got that. I love it. I love it. Because <laughs> AJ connected us. I was like, yes. I know. When he said he was like, he was like, nope. I know you need to interview. You need to interview my girl, Delora. I said, what? He says, she's in Canada. Don't worry. Trust me on this. Yeah. <laughs> like, does he? He's like, don't ask no questions. I'm going to link you to, I got it. So, and then when he did it, I'm like, all right, cool. I said, and then I looked, I'm like, oh, for sure. Most definitely. So, then I worked out the whole international piece. Because technically, you know, we're yeah. in America, but technically it's international. So, once I figured yes. out, I was like, okay, it's on. So. Yes. I'm so, so glad he did. He's a smart man. <laughs> very intelligent. For those who don't know who AJ is, AJ is AJ Joiner. He's genius, <laughs> so uh, check him out. I'll put his information in the show notes as well, just like I'll put the Lord's information in the show notes. You can just have an easy to follow link. Just click on it, and you can find the both of them. Yes, thank you. And that was this week's episode with Delora Ying Yong, the Mind Sex Mentor. Um, I will leave her contact information in the show notes in case you want to reach out to her. I will say after our interview with her, we did do a session and it was amazing. She actually helped me out a great deal. And it's only been a few days since I've interviewed her, but I've been putting her stuff into practice and it has been working. So I can definitely stamp Delora in terms of her knowing, you know, what she's talking about. If it's one thing I love is when people know what they're talking about and they're passionate and they love what they do. So if you need to find me, you can do so at spiritualhomegirl.com, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Spiritual Homegirl, as well as, um, is there anything else? Oh, Tribe Letter. So for those who have not signed up for the Tribe Letter, they go out every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern. No, no, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, it's basically a weekly dose of inspiration. Those who have noticed that my, um, my medicine cards 
have actually transitioned off of my Instagram page. It's because I decided to do them for those who are subscribing to the Tribe Letter. Um, it's really exciting to have a community of people that really fool what you do offline as well. So it's cool to take people off of Instagram and kind of be able to personalize things and, and deliver content to them and have them truly appreciate it. So it's really dope, you know, because at the end of the day, it's about being impactful, not popular, right? Um, what else is going on? The magazine feature is live. If you have not gotten your copy of Mantra Wellness Magazine, it's found in, I think, Targets and Whole Foods. And, you know, you can find them out there. And you'll see me on page 53 at the very top. It's very exciting to be a part of that. <laughs> my tutorial for my plant-based recipes. I'm actually moving into drinks this week. So if you haven't seen that, my YouTube, I'm doing turmeric tea. It's one of my favorite things to drink. It's been raining in Atlanta lately. So when it's rainy, I like to go for things that are warm. And what else is going on? I'm learning that on the journey, it's really important to understand that adversity is a test sometimes in terms of how bad you really want the things that you say you do or the things that you want to prepare yourself for. And sometimes things can fall completely apart. And you'll want to mope and you'll want to give up and you'll want to abandon the mission. But look at it in a way of or in a way of the universe saying, hey, you said you wanted this bad. So do you want this bad when it's hell and high water to get there? And if you can sit there and look through the things that you're going through in your circumstances and your adversity and say yes, then by all means, go for it. Um, I remember there being a phrase that said, Anything worth having is not easy. And I know sometimes with the mindset, you know, all things positive and, you know, manifest your, you know, your life and you shouldn't have to feel that way. Sometimes as much as we want that shit still happens out of our control in terms of it's depending on other people or other means. And we have to know how to still deal with that. I just don't want people to get into a mindset of we can create it and it's going to be easy because that leads us to not being able to learn how to cope when things aren't. So, I'm just realizing that no matter what, if you really want it, at least in my own journey, if I, if I really want it, I have to stay the course. No matter what. No matter how hard it gets, no matter how broke I get, no matter how much time I seem not to have, I need to make time. You know, I need to cut people in my life that may necessarily support the vision the way I need to be supported, who are not there for me when I need them, when things are low. It's easy to be around somebody when things are high. But when things are low, you know, people aren't around when things are low. I take notice of that. Not saying I'm going through that right now, but it's just something I've just been kind of reflecting on for the past month or so. And I always said when I would, and I do that a lot. I always reflect on a lot of things. But when I feel like I can articulate it, then that's when I share. So I'm just basically sharing that, y'all. Some of y'all might be going through some things that are not necessarily as ideal as you would like them to be. Times might be hard. Money might be tight. But if you really are doing your life's work and that's what you want to do, Stick with it, you know? Now, I'm not saying suffer in terms of, you know, um, not being able to find other means to an end while you get your goal done. Because I feel like there's ways to work around some of the things we go through. But I'm just saying in terms of that feeling in your gut where you know that even though you're in the belly of the beast and you're in a valley, you know, and you know that this is not necessarily the most ideal time, if you still want it, go get it, you know? And once you accomplish what you mean to accomplish and once you get out of that valley, it's going to be really sweet and it's going to be worth celebrating every minute of it. So I just want to tell y'all, stay encouraged, okay? 
So this has been another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. My name is Maria, and remember, trust the journey, trust yourself, and keep pushing. Peace. Thank you.